today we're here with Cameron Porter. So Cameron, can you give us an overview of what you're working on and, and what your background is? Yeah, I, I can. I think before diving directly into my background, it's important to set the stage. We're in the middle of what looks like a recession with macro uncertainty. There's wars abroad. We've had crypto blow up. And a lot of questions are being asked as to what is venture capital doing? What role does it serve? When it got started in the 1970s, it was supposed to be this vehicle and driver of growth. It was people investing in technologies others could never believe would be real. And somehow that, that founding ethos has kind of slipped through the cracks. And what I'm doing and what we're working on and building at SOFON is hopefully bridging that gap in a, in a new way. It's looking at venture as, as something that's meant to be creating the frontiers and defining the frontiers of, of technology, whether that's in urban agriculture, 3D printing, energy systems, or new chips. Um, and so what SOFON is, is first and foremost, a seed stage frontier technology fund, but also a community and a group of people that believe in that mission. Um, and through that mission, we share research and ideas that hopefully give people the tools to better carry this torch forward. Um, and it's when the world comes burning down and turns to ashes that hopefully we get to try to be the phoenix and create something new and more beautiful. So hopefully that's the, the goal of what we're building here at SOFON and, and the people that choose to support us, whether it's as investors or as members of the communities we're organizing and creating. And so it's through developing those relationships with people at institutions that are at the front cutting edge of their field that we can then take perspectives that may be different, but will soon become consensus more broadly. Um, and that's really exciting because when you put yourself around these people who think the way Rosalind or Chris do, you end up pushing your thinking to the forefront. And it's challenging because you're going to have to adopt models of thinking that aren't common and you're going to be uh, working in spaces where there isn't necessarily a ton of literature. So you have to go to meeting with people directly in the space. But ultimately, like we kind of think that's how you develop a unique perspective. And if anything, being good at venture means having a unique perspective when others don't hold it, making a bet on that perspective, and then helping facilitate the process of evangelizing and commercializing the businesses that are predicated on it, such that you can drive returns for your LPs. And so that's really the foundation. Very interesting. Tell me a little bit more about what it's like evangelizing these brand new products that are building the, the future. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that can be a challenge is if you're an early stage company working in frontier technologies, the people starting these businesses are necessarily like experts in their field. And they have a deep understanding of, on how to build and create the technology they're working on. But well, it doesn't necessarily, they have an expert understanding of how to communicate it. And communication has to happen to different parties. There's communication to people within your company. There's communication to third parties, like people just broadly in the world. And then there's communication to investors and capital allocators that'll help your business grow. And part of what we're trying to do at SOFON and, and really how we facilitate this is through the research process. It's how do we take as many of those perspectives as possible? How do we understand what the founders are doing? How do we take our experience as investors? How do we take the primary research and interviews and questions we can ask people like Rosalind and Chris at NASA? How do we bring these all together to create written pieces that actually effectively communicate what's going on to a broader audience? And I think it's really all about just bringing people along. 
ultimately like i think most things are are really equally challenging whether it's building a consumer technology company or the next like uh tend or whatever it may be um but ultimately it's a matter of legibility and with the hard sciences sometimes the language the jargon can get in the way of understanding the fundamentals of what's being done but once you can kind of break through find patterns and find ways to bridge that gap it becomes incredibly exciting to be working in these spaces and then helping share those those understandings and patterns with the broader audience so that they can get excited about these technologies that will change the way the world works around us whether it's a company like smallhold who's building uh, urban mushroom farms and kind of eliminating massive supply chains and bringing exotic mushrooms to markets that couldn't ever have them before or aon 3d printing new types of materials that printers have never been able to access sending parts to them 3d printed parts to the moon for the first time like these things only become possible because you get not only the people within your business excited but also people in the ecosystem broadly who need to provide you capital and belief and all these things interested in understanding what you're doing and why it's important and so it's it's that role that we try to play um through the work that we do there's a lot of really interesting content in there so one of the areas that I want to drill down on, uh, you've, you've been developing some really new and innovative ways to make it possible to integrate the broader community of academics, business leaders, and even students into SoFund's uh, investing products. Tell me about uh, what, what those products look like and, and how people can get involved. Yeah. So right now, the, the main focus is launching our, our first venture fund. Um, our frontier tech fund. But around with that, we're publicizing and sharing a lot more of the research that um, we've done internally with the world uh, through our Substack, And that is only gonna be the first of a growing number of channels that hopefully can engage and bring people along in the process of becoming a better investor, um, understanding these new technologies and understanding broader trends in, in, in the capital markets. Um, and so hopefully, whether you're a student or an investor or someone who's an operator in the space, that can serve as an entry point um, to then what we hope will become a real membership type model, a type of community where you're exposed to and around people who are also interested in these ideas um, and can help sharpen your perspective and help get you exposed to what frontier tech thinking looks like. Um, and then broadly from there, that, that whole ecosystem then flows back up to what we're trying to invest in as a fund overall, um, whether that's via the Frontier Tech Fund we're raising now or exploratory vehicles we may set up later. Very interesting. I, I think those products are going to be really helpful for any, anyone watching today who wants to dive deep into the high-level research content you've been producing and figure out what some of the best business executives and, and VCs are are working on these days. So you mentioned a little bit about your investing thesis where you're looking at all these amazing areas of frontier tech from 3D printing to vertical farming, but can we go a little deeper into that? T tell me about, um, you know, just a few thoughts on where you see some of those verticals going. Yeah. So we kind of have four high level kind of areas that we look into at SOFON. One is emergent models of computation, Another is applied physics, human potential, and then terror reformation. And within each of those, we have particular views about where things can go and where we hope to push the world by, by allocating capital. Um, so maybe we can focus on emerging computational models. Um, so when we look at kind of how computers have operated for the last 50 years, 
it's primarily been based around this idea of determinism. You put an input into the computer and you know exactly what comes out the other end. That model though, is not actually how our world operates. We live in the quantum world where inputs and outputs are non-deterministic. Although effects have causes, we don't necessarily know exactly what those effects will be. Um, they come in the form of a probability distribution. And we are in the early stages of developing computers now that operate much more similarly to how reality operates, where as opposed to having a deterministic output, when you put in an input, you get a distribution of probabilities, a continuous function of sorts. And that's broadly true from things from neural networks to quantum computers to then hardware that emulates neural networks like neuromorphic chips. And so something we get interested in so fun is as these new types of hardwares and software solutions come online, where can we invest and deploy capital to expedite their realization? Because they have properties that will make them valuable to a broad range of, of tools and technologies we interact with day to day, whether that's the deployment of like neural networks to do image classification, or even things as, as big and as hot as things like blockchain. Um, if you believe that we're going to have new hardware that computers run on, that's gonna scale in different ways than existing chips, then essentially you're gonna to have to redesign computers around that. And a blockchain, is can be described as like a decentralized computer um whereas like a computer can be described as like a, de a centralized blockchain they're kind of equivalent concepts um and so what we hope to do is say like okay if if we're developing new chips how do you develop these new applications on top of these chips that actually take advantage of those properties which could be things as crazy as building new non-deterministic blockchains in some far off future and so that's just kind of the type of thinking we, we try to work on and, and work through. And some of these things are too far out to invest in directly right now, but there's pieces and components along the way that we think can provide interesting like near-term investment opportunities. With the development of, of quantum chipsets, one in particular is actually like, how do you model those chips in software before actually fabricating them? How do you go through and figure out how to design them virtually, identify faults before you go out and send them to a facility to build the chip to test. And if you can do that, you can start eliminating a lot of the supply chain and development costs from slow iteration cycles. And so each of these views kind of has both long-term implications and then short-term opportunities that we try to identify. But it's by taking this whole perspective that we end up in a place where hopefully we can make differentiated investments. That's all very exciting. So I think the high-level takeaway for the audience is, is soon uh, you'll, you'll be building a brand new internet and, and driving the underlying hardware components of the computers we might use every single day and uh, probably some other mind-blowing application that we, we haven't thought of yet. Yeah, if um, the origin of the quantum computer, just so you have it, is actually a paper um, by uh, Richard Feynman, who's arguably one of the most famous physicists, especially here in America. And he was trying to figure out how do you actually simulate physics in a computer? And he has a paper that's titled as such. And he goes into how the way that computers currently work are incapable of modeling our reality effectively. And so when you think about like, what could the metaverse be? It really needs to be, if we want it to be as realistic as possible, something that can be run on chips that actually operate the way that reality operates. And now this, this will take a ton of time, but 
when you start digging into the context of where these ideas come from, you can see how exciting it is when you can develop the theoretical versions of these, these hardwares. Um, and so that's just, it's just incredibly exciting to be even a small piece or part of, of that puzzle because um, it can change the way society operates. Definitely. So you played professional soccer in the MLS. Tell me about how you went from pro athlete to building and investing in brand new forms of emerging technology. And I was lucky enough to have mentors and people like Kevin Ryan, who was the founder of the fund I was a part of last, who actually pushed me to spend that time doing things that were much more constructive, whether that was actually working on engineering projects with the MLS front office or early on in, in 2016, 2017, spending time in the Ethereum ecosystem and literally just like losing money on applications, trying to figure out how they worked, but starting to build the foundations and understandings of how these like new technologies get deployed and scaled as well as seeing the implications of being an investor in emergent spaces. Um, and so a lot of it is just like firsthand experience. And then after I, I left professional soccer because I had fully destroyed my body and needed to find a job sitting down, um, I was fortunate to find a place like Alleycorp run by, by Kevin that has a broad perspective that is willing to take bets on, on new technologies and learning from someone as storied as him you start to, to understand that like, whether it's emerging technology or consumer technologies or B2B SaaS, all of these companies are fundamentally a spreadsheet. And then they add things around it that make that spreadsheet have certain properties. And as long as you can understand the basics of business and what to look for, you can start to deploy your understandings and capabilities in different sectors. And then Kevin is incredible at that. If you go on the Alicorp website and look at the breadth of companies who started, everything from like consumer marketplaces to, uh, to uh, new type of like therapeutic compounds to new types of databases like MongoDB to media corporations like Business Insider, you say like, what's the common factor? It's that all businesses share a lot, of, a lot of similar properties. And so it's taking that understanding, bringing places where you may have above average understandings of how they operate and combining the two with um, a network that might provide you a certain access to deal flow that you can start to like really construct a, a successful fund. Um, and, th and that's really the goal of SOFON is, is starting in this area where we hope is our zone of competence, given my background and some of the things I've learned and things that the team has learned to build something that's different than what exists in the market today.